are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Aloha Tuesday here on Locked On Dolphins. It's not Aloha Friday, but that's okay. We'll make it work. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. Power to the pod, the people's show Every Tuesday, we are digging into your most pressing questions, topics, hot takes, you name it. We're doing it today on the show. Uh, I'm sitting here in the Philadelphia International Airport parking garage, getting ready to bump down to South Florida. Got to make sure you guys get the podcast on time, deliver good content, and you guys delivered with all the questions. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Power to the pod. In the spirit of it being the people's show, we're going to go ahead and turn it on right now. We're going to dive into all of your questions, starting with Tim Trebo. Power to the pod. With the Saints being so thin at wide receiver, could you see a potential home there for a surprise trade of Devontae Parker? Being so flush with review receivers now, he seems like the one who has a style that doesn't fit. Thanks. Keep up the great work. I would say presumably, if you were to target a player on the Dolphins who would make sense to move, Devontae Parker is probably the one who I have the most long-term concerns with. Uh, he is due a very sizable dollar amount this season uh, as one of the veteran players in the wide receiver room for the Dolphins. I'd be surprised if they did make any move. But yes, if you asked me, uh, are we gonna, if we were to trade a prominent player at the wide receiver position, uh, Tua Tungvaloa and Devontae Parker need to showcase better chemistry in order for for me to have a renewed excitement about that potential relative to the Jalen Waddles, Will Fuller's, uh, Albert Wilson's of the world. Yes. Now, what could you get for Devontae Parker? It's debatable. What uh, would what you would get be worthwhile relative to uh, having him on the roster? Probably not. Just being completely transparent if you're going to get a draft pick back. And I don't think this is somebody that you would trade and get one of the Saints offensive linemen. If you were doing business with with the Saints two years ago, you would have a lot more attractive options as far as the depth along the offensive line to try and target somebody, a player-for-player swap. I'd consider this a long shot. But yes, if you asked me uh, if the Dolphins were to trade a wide receiver, either Devontae Parker or potentially Preston Williams, would be the two names that come to mind for me, just because stylistically, I don't think they really complement what it seems like the Dolphins are trying to accomplish. But there is always going to be room for an above-the-rim, attack-the-football possession-type receiver. It's just how much of your volume you're going to work through that guy. Dolphin Dom. X-Trade idea. Five-star review. Woke up this morning thinking about how Tua and Waddle had been connecting, and I was like, I know the Eagles have been rumored for Xavier Howard. And I thought, why not send Xavier Howard and Preston or Devontae Parker? See, here we go with that. Preston, Devontae Parker to the Eagles for our first back and Devontae Smith. Oh, sir, I think you grossly overestimate the trade power of Xavier Howard. Uh, Getting a one plus, effectively a 
top 10 pick. And remember, they, the Eagles traded up in front of the New York Giants for Devontae Smith. Never mind the fact that Devontae Smith is now hurt, has a knee sprain, rumored to miss a, a couple of weeks of a window. Um, I think that's asking too much from Philadelphia. I bet the Eagles personally uh, would scoff at the idea of trading the first-round pick that they just traded up to go get and a first-round pick back uh, for Xavier Howard, who a guy who is a guy who, by the time the Eagles are ready to compete, it's kind of a Laramie Tunsil thing with the Dolphins. Good player, but by the time Philadelphia would be ready to compete, Xavier Howard's probably going to be pushing uh, economically and physically the fringes of being, quote-unquote, worth it. So uh, I like the idea, but at the same time, I think that is a little bit of a long shot to ask that much from the Eagles. Before we switch gears, head over to Twitter questions. Uh, and there was a ton of them this week. A um, couple of notes. First and foremost, the Dolphins uh, cut offensive lineman DJ Fluker with an injury settlement. I would expect that is uh, a good bit of news for UDFA Robert Jones. This was an article that I wrote over at thedraftnetwork.com this weekend, profiling why I thought Robert Jones had a really good chance as a UDFA to make the Dolphins' active roster. Uh, He's effectively fighting for the ninth spot on the offensive line. Let's take the assumption that the players that, you know, starting on Saturday when the beat was allowed to report what the starting offensive linemen looked like, which was... Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley, Michael Dieter, Robert Hunt, Liam Eikenberg. That's five. You got Jesse Davis, Util offensive lineman, can play four spots. Jermaine Illuminor can play both, all, effectively all four spots he's also capable of playing. You need a backup center. We're going to call that Matt Skurr right now. That's eight. You might carry nine. And if you were going to carry nine, I evaluated Robert Jones as a better prospect than Larnell Coleman. Larnell is a little bit more raw. I think he's a really good practice squad candidate for the Dolphins in year one. Uh, Robert Jones can play on the interior. He's played tackle at Middle Tennessee State. I think there's enough there that I would bet that if the Dolphins carried nine active offensive linemen, DJ Fluker obviously now out of the picture with an injury settlement wave, Robert Jones has a really good chance to make the roster. And we've seen UDFA stick for Miami in each of the last two years. It was Nick Needham and Preston Williams in 2019. Savan Ahmed uh, was a UDFA. He was originally with San Francisco, but came over to the Dolphins and obviously had a pretty prominent role. He averaged over 60 yards from scrimmage per game on the games that he dressed for the Dolphins. Notable production. UDFAs consistently. Would I expect Robert Jones to be a prominent contributor? No. Also, got to shout out my guy Benito Jones, UDFA nose tackle last year. Got a very small amount of run, but he was a guy in the preseason I liked and said, hey, watch this guy. He might stick. Sure enough, he did. If you're looking to stick the landing on some sports betting winnings, betonline.ag is your go-to destination for all of these news, odds, sign-up bonuses, anything and everything that you need from NFL, now that it's back, Major League Baseball, UFC, you name it. Plus, there's great contest information available to you, so do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. And right now, when you visit on your laptop or mobile device, 
and sign up for betonline.ag, you will get a 50% welcome bonus using promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's dig in. Twitter questions. You guys brought it. First one from Angel. How is Tua's growth in decision-making and throws compared to others you have seen? Presumably talking about second-year quarterbacks. It's too early for me to say. Obviously, they're, they're putting the pads on today for the first time on Tuesday. I'll be here for Tuesday and Wednesday practices, so I'm looking forward to being able to apply my own judgment, and then I'll see the team in Chicago for multiple days and see what that progression looks like. Uh, but I think the fact that you have a lot of the longer tenure guys on the beat, the Armando Salgueros of the world, the Omar Kellys of the world, coming out talking about the ownership Tua Tagovailoa has of the offense, I think that's a really good sign. Because they have not been afraid to slow play buying in on players, particularly quarterbacks. And there's a lot of positive reviews about Tua Tungvaloa's performance. I will be on tomorrow's show breaking down what I saw on Tuesday for first day of padded practice. And I charted every snap the Dolphins played in 2020. So I will have a really good idea because I intimately broke down and digested the route concepts and how Tua handled pressure looks and what kind of coverage shells, you know, Tua really struggled with the too high safety looks. You, you look at what uh, the Raiders did with a Tampa 2 type defense. You look at what the Broncos did with Fick Fangio. Those were the kind of scenarios, Brandon Staley and the Rams, that really tripped him up a lot. Okay, so let's let's see what kind of looks he's getting in practice. I'll be able to speak intelligently to that based on my own perception without giving too much away, right? Because I see somebody asked Travis Wingfield that, you know, who's, who's going to be the guy to tell us uh, the nuts and bolts of the structure of the Dolphins' offense or the structure of the Dolphins' defense? I don't want to give too much away, and I want to be respectful of the process, and I don't want to violate the trust of the team because they're gracious enough to have me down here on a credential to, to cover the team in a working capacity. So I will stay within the rights of what I am slash am not allowed to share, but I'll be able to provide my own perspective on what a lot of this stuff looks like. OG Highway, love the show. Makes my commute a little easier to deal with. I know camp just opened, but the big stories have been all the big plays Tua is hitting. As a Miami fan, I've heard to take anything I hear in camp with a grain of salt. Does this feel different than previous camps? Yes, absolutely, because the team building prospect is different. The, the, the methodology that we've used to get to this point is absolutely different. Yes, Xavier Howard is not there, but does Xavier Howard really change the Dolphins' defense that much? I don't think so. This is all supposed to be predicated on timing. And you're seeing throws day in and day out of Tua Tagovailoa with timing throwing the ball to the right guy in the right spot with good accuracy. It does feel different. I'm going to be completely honest. It feels like not a team that's fool's gold. And the 10-year or the 10-win team last year, Dolphins regimes of the past, the 2016 team, the 2018, it's fool's gold, right? It's not sustainable. This feels like a sustainable model of success for Miami if you continue to take steps forward. And yes, I do think this is a dramatically different atmosphere than past Dolphins teams that would lure us to a false sense of optimism. Uh, Self 
defenestrator. Sir, this is a mouthful. Who do you think takes over on the boundary if we deal Xavier Howard? Is it Igbenogany, McCourty? Um, It seems like, personally, we're getting a pretty good look at Igbenogany on the outside, and McCourty looks like he's getting a solid look at safety. My money would be Igbenogany there. If he really falters and falls flat on his face, then I think they would fall back onto the veteran option. But if Xavier Howard does get dealt, I think they would prefer for Igbenogany, for obvious reasons, uh, to take that role. Tim, Ron, how does the position change affect Jalen Phillips? And do you think it best suits him? Heard he's looking fluid in dropback snares. Here's what I know about Jalen Phillips. He's a phenomenal athlete. I've told this story on the podcast a number of times, but I, I was in Memphis at the Liberty Bowl to watch UCLA play Memphis back in, I think it was 2017. Yeah, watching Josh Rosen specifically. and I think there was like 96 points or something scored in that football game. And the first player who caught my eye was Jalen Phillips. as a true freshman. I said, oh my God, who is this guy? And then you watch him play and it's like, oh my God, he runs like he's 230. And he's flexible like he's 230. And all that still exists with Jalen Phillips. So I think he is the kind of caliber of an athlete because that was the big thing, right? You think about the role that either Shaq Lawson or Kyle Van Noy played. Both of those guys were modest athletes. Jalen Phillips is the size of Shaq Lawson, and he's twice as athletic as Kyle Van Noy. Legitimately. So you kind of do the math, and, and whether they want to have him drop, whether they want to have him in a two-point stance as end man on the line of scrimmage, as a Sam linebacker, like, you name it. He's got the physical skills to do it. It's just when it's third down, third and eight, let him go get the quarterback. Mr. Stubber, what's up, man? Where exactly does Malcolm Brown fit into the offense? Is he going to be used ex- strictly as a short yardage back, or can he potentially be RB1 if Gaskin is injured? I think if Gaskin is injured, uh, Brown will probably get a look. He's a little bit more of the model and make uh, as what Jordan Howard was. Um, but I do ultimately think they would prefer to have Gaskin, who's a little bit more dynamic. Uh, making some of those plays with the expected space that they're going to be able to get. I, I would expect he's going to be a short yardage, goal, da- uh, goal line, uh, third down type of back uh, in running situations is where his preferred role will be. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet, classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Visit RockAuto.com for all your auto parts needs, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at RockAuto.com. TJ... Being in South Florida for two days, where are you going for a shot of whiskey? And what local fare do you think you look forward to eating the most? Can't wait to hear your camp reviews. Fins up. Uh, That's a great question. I'm not a South Florida native. Uh, The furthest down south I have lived is Augusta, Georgia. And I was like six at the time. 
Thank goodness for that, though, because it got me put on to the Dolphins. Um, I'm going to defer to the local experts here. So, obviously, I'll be in attendance in Miami Gardens for both days of practice. Uh, my flight home, got a little eight-month-old girl at home, so I'm going to be flying home on Wednesday night. Uh, so, it's a short 48-hour trip. But I'm going to have all the afternoon on Tuesday and lunchtime on Wednesday. Where should I go? You tell me. Give you, once again, in the spirit of Power of the Pod, the chance to be the experts. Nick, if Miami has a top-five defense again this year, do you think Josh Boyer will be gone for a head coaching job? That's a good question, and I I don't think so, because everybody's going to perceive this as Brian Flores' unit, and and I think the Dolphins can use that to their advantage. Uh, I've heard nothing but great things about Josh Boyer. I really appreciate his communication style. Uh, but I don't think he's going to be like the next Brandon Staley is a young guy who's been a DC for what would be two years, who's all of a sudden all that bag of chips gets hired somewhere. I think you continue to see teams pursue offensive-minded coaches for those roles more consistently. Uh, so I think Boyer, uh, unless something dramatically changes, I would feel pretty confident that Josh Boyer is going to be uh, on the staff again in 2022. Uh Alejo, how do you balance the scout versus the fan in live Dolphins training camp slash games? I'll tell you what, it's a pain in the butt sometimes. Uh, my perception of the game is somebody who scouts football and college prospects specifically for a living, but, but obviously follows the Dolphins really intimately and doesn't just watch the game from a uh, watch the ball and react to the play type perspective. Uh, I have a it helps keep me more even keeled uh, and it helps me be a little less emotional because you can kind of see the writing on the wall. Um, but then you start like playing games with yourself as it's going. And, and I, I don't shy away from the fact that I love the Miami Dolphins. I care more about the Dolphins than anything else on the face of the planet. Uh, my wife, my family, my daughter, my dog, those beings are more important to me than Miami Dolphins football. But if you had to ask me an object that's the most important to me, it's the game of football, and specifically the most thing, the thing I'm most passionate about is the Miami Dolphins. And I try and wear my heart on my sleeve with that. And I try and let you guys experience that in me through this podcast as best as I can. So do I try and stay objective with it? Yes. Do I try not to ride the roller coaster? Yes. But I am at the end of the day, I think it was Ross Tucker referred to me as a fanalist of the Miami Dolphins. And it's the best accurate descriptor uh, for me as an individual because I love this team every bit as much as I'm sure every single one of you who listens to this podcast does. Marcos, what's the deal with Solomon Kinley on the third team? Is it a technical choice or is he being disciplined? I think this is one of those tests. You get this every training camp with a couple of guys who oh, they got demoted to second team, or oh, they got pushed down to third team so-and-so. I want to see how he reacts. If he rises to the occasion, if he sulks. Uh, I don't have any firm intel one way or another, but my assumption is Solomon Kinley, who's been uh, targeted for a potential starting role at left guard all offseason and started for the Dolphins last year, uh, to go to third team tells me they're, they're testing his mental wherewithal and they're they're trying to light a fire up underneath him and get a spark going him uh with him would be my guess 
King of Finland with a PH. You clever, clever man. Who do you think is more likely to play a full, healthy season in 2021? Fuller over 16 games? No, you're cheating. Fuller over 16 games, Devontae Parker or Albert Wilson? Never mind the fact that you first sent this and you said Fuller and you didn't specify 16 games, sir. This is an impossible question to answer. Fuller currently banged up, Parker back off the pup, and Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson had the year off last year. Give me Albert Wilson just for the fact that we we believe he's going to be fresh, right? Jesse with a really cool response to the solicitation for Power of the Pod. No question here because you do such a good job covering the team. That's not the question, the really cool part. He said, I was wondering if you give my daughter's 10U softball team, the Virginia Heat a shout-out for winning their first tournament this this past weekend. They have worked so hard. Congratulations to you ladies. Great job. Keep up the great work. Look forward to hearing from Jesse about your next tournament victory. Mark, if Skur doesn't sort out his snapping issues, does he have the size-slash-skill set to play at guard? I think you could get away with playing Matt Skura at guard. Uh, my question is, is Matt Skura at guard a more attractive option than Solomon Kinley? And I don't think the answer is yes, because Solomon has so much raw power. Uh, He's not the most fluid or mobile, and he doesn't have the greatest gravitational pull because he can't sustain blocks when he's got to run his feet, and guys are much more dynamic and and agile than he is, and I get all that. But if you're going to play somebody at guard, uh, I would certainly side on Solomon Kinley over Matt Skura. I'd be interested to see how he transitioned there, a little bit more uh, pressure to deal with as far as penetration players. Uh, So that's perhaps something to watch, but uh, I would put Skura on the roster as a backup center before I put Skura on the roster as a potential starting guard. And our last question for the day, Ben, with the Colts losing Carson Wentz and busting my NFL division futures parlay, my condolences, how do you see our record looking after the first few games? Yeah, this is uh, this is not good for the Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz because Wentz undergoing foot surgery, and even if he's back within the aggressive window of his timeline, which is five weeks, they said five to seven weeks he's expected to miss. If he misses 12 weeks, he's out for the Dolphins game. Their next best quarterback right now is Jacob Eason. Even if he's back, we talked about when we did the schedule prediction that the challenge with the Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz playing Miami at Hard Rock Stadium as an indoor team on the road in week four, is you've got a new quarterback throwing to new receivers. And I understand there's familiarity with the system, but at the same time, Wentz hasn't played game situations with these guys. And now he's going to lose the entirety of the preseason. I had previously picked the Dolphins to win this game, and I'm going to stick with that. Um... But this is something to monitor. This could potentially not be as high stress of a scenario. Uh, You'd certainly feel better about your odds if they have Jacob Eason starting instead of Carson Wentz. Or perhaps they go out and and make a move for a different quarterback. Time will tell. You will not have to wait too long for my next update. Planning on getting you guys an update on Tuesday night for Tuesday's practice. So later this evening, hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. The next two days, we are live. Well, not live, but we're present. We're live in attendance uh, at Dolphins training camp. And afterwards, we'll be giving you my thoughts here on the pod. 
Thanks so much for listening. Fins up. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday. I'll talk with you guys again later.